Start recording. Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are live from the path. This is Ben Foose hanging out here in the studio today. I'm my trusty sidekick. Hey, hey, yeah, man. We're, hey, we got a, we're back to a full stable. Last, I'm Booba. Last week, no, 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 no. You don't get to introduce yourself. What? No, no. I got to introduce himself. No, he inserted himself inappropriately. I'm, I'm I was going to introduce myself in a self-deprecating way. No, no, that's not cute. So here's the deal. <laughs> we're, we're, last week it was the dicey number. So Booba and I were holding court in this Ooh. in this joint in this sweat box by ourselves here. Oh, so here's what's going on this week. Uh, Dan is back from the Zimbabster, and he's got some stories on everything that went on. Zimbabster. Really cool stuff that was going on in Zimbabwe. So we're, we're going to catch up with Dan. Stories from the bobsled. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, Mike has been rescued from whatever podunk hotel room he was Skyping in from last week. There was some kind of evil fan. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it anywhere. Were you by, hey, I was about to ask you, were you by yourself in there? Yeah. Okay. What we, do you we think? Can, I go we can bump uh, it up with dudes in other states. We can compare hotel stories. We're pretty sure our gal stayed in a brothel. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh. Oh. Well, that's Dan. what happens in the Zimbabster. <laughs> it's time to get a new bookie. When you plant a new church, you go where they need it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Hey, I hope they need a new church in the Hampton because that's where I stay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so Boov and I are back. We're the rem- remnants from last week. Sorry about that. Uh, and, 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 and back in the studio, uh, uh, oft contributor to uh, Wide Light, Natty Light, uh, a good friend of Mike and I from Ethiopia, and an all-around good dude, Jake Burnett. Not from Ethiopia, but... Yeah, I mean, from Ethiopia. we we were only friends in Ethiopia. Yeah, so we, were, we were hit stateside. Yeah, we cut ties. you guys are trying to redevelop the relationship stateside. It's not working out. Oh, only man. under oppression are we you, friends. Ooh, buddy. You could pinpoint the moment once we flew over the over the seas into the United States. Yeah, exactly. The mood changed. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's like, <laughs> yeah, we're like, hey, look, Jake's watching Transformers, and then we cross the Atlantic. I'm like. Jake's watching Transformers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that Michael Bay movie is stupid. Yeah, he also likes that Noah remake. It was his favorite. <laughs> Boy, that's rough, Jake. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, Jake's in the studio. Uh, you'll be hearing his uh, uh, sweet semitones throughout the evening, and we're glad to have him in. All right, so uh, so let, let's let's catch up on this thing, uh, Dan. Let's give me give me the flyover. Uh, let's keep the brothel story for the end. <laughs> you want to get in with a bang here? It, it happened in the beginning, though. <laughs> oh shoot! All right. I mean, it wasn't that early, but uh, so at your discretion, hit me with the highlights of this Zimbabwe trip. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we landed um, and right away we jumped into a revival that helped launch a church. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, deal. There was a father church. And a, they basically, we, we approached the leaders there and said, hey, where do you want a new church? We'll help you plant a church. Well, first of all, do you want a new church? Yes. Where do you want it? Then they decided a place called Chechechi in Zimbabwe. What does that mean? I remember, I remember um, Zebedee saying, like you guys talking about that. Does that mean something? Three chains in a row? <laughs> Uh, I don't. I it don't sounds know. like a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it. Yeah, I don't know. It was okay. a Why do you error. say the last one different? You go chechechi. Chechechi. I, I probably say it. I'm, yeah, don't, 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 don't trust me on the language. That's <laughs> geography one hundred and one. <laughs> I say what I want. <laughs> I'm American. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, uh, it's called a growth point. 
where there's a bunch of villages kind of converging and becoming a city-ish, and the, and the government says, hey, let's put some uh, industry here and, and stores and that kind of stuff, and it becomes a city. And uh, so, there, I don't know, there's 19,000, 20,000 people in this little area. It's divided by a, a river, and there's people who walk miles to church, and they, the ones on the other side of the river have to walk through you know, crocodiles to get to, to church. And when the rainy seasons comes, they just can't even get to church. And uh, so we wanted one on the other side of the river, basically. So there's the, the, the father church that helped plant the one on the other side, and we came in. We were the catalyst to make that happen. Uh, it was exciting and, and cool and crazy, and people uh, came to Jesus. And um, just just the look in their eyes, uh, there was just so much excitement. Um, it's, it's an undeveloped area. Uh, they were pretty sure most people there had never seen white people. Uh, the bigger cities, you know, they're around. You'll see them, or, or the, in the history, there were some there. But uh, these people, like, and I, I could tell uh, the the double looks. Uh, they had police officers following us everywhere we went. Like, there were kids trying to feel our skin to see if we feel different. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, oh, they like leather. I mean, you know, what what does that what does that feel like? What what do white people feel like? Uh, it was just crazy. It, it was crazy. Um, but uh, we started the church. I was saying something pretty significant. I think. Oh, it was undeveloped area. So, so there's there's not much industry at all. But so there's some really couple crappy, terrible ho- hotels, um, and one of them the the girls were pretty sure was a brothel. There was drugs and stuff in the room, and and basically, in a long story short, they all grouped together and slept in one room and left the ones empty because they were frightened. And, and and we were in a separate. Some, well, I was in a separate hotel. Uh, I don't know, three, four, four miles away. Those are the only two hotels in the area. I say hotels like don't don't, don't do right. Any, you know, hostel type thing. Right? Um, are they separated by male female? Is that why? Or they just didn't have enough room? Or it, but, just room? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just space. Wait, no. Wait, wait, no. Was anybody else in the hotel you were in? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The way you told it was like, hey, everyone else was here, and then I... Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, there, there, there <laughs> okay. was like half and half. Okay. I went in the like, semi-brothel, and then I went to the King's Palace. <laughs> no, that actually happened later in the week. <laughs> so, anyway, the, the revival was awesome, and, and just... It was just cool, just cool. Are there... So, you know, you've been, you've been in ministry quite a while, Dan. Like, um, would you say... Uh, as far as like energy and, and vibe and stuff, any similar experience stateside, or is it unique? Uh, no, no. This is this is mostly like thirty years prior to me joining, jumping on board the ministry train. Stuff that happened in the fifties is was happening well there now. Yeah. And uh, so you throw a revival and people come and they're all excited, and that's that's what we did. And um, we, we we you know we offered some some food, uh, some meals, and there were people saying they hadn't had like about a bunch of chickens. Um, and, and like they hadn't had chicken, and they couldn't remember the last time they had chicken. I mean, it, it's they eat sudza, which is cornmeal. Um, prices are crazy right now. The government's insane. Uh, it's it's just a tough time over there. Power's out most of the time, just because the government shuts it off. Right. Uh, water's scarce, uh, so people are in in, in bad shape. But uh, we we came to give hope. We talked about the hope of Jesus, and um, some people some people responded. Uh, the church responded. We handed out Bibles. They were thrilled. Um, it was just really cool. The, um, the rest of the time, we we, we uh, visited some schools, uh, orphanage. Uh, we have a gal in our group that's adopting two children that that hadn't intended to go there to adopt children, and uh, like not just sponsoring children, but adopting. Adopting, children. yeah. The process has begun. The right home on. studies and all that stuff going on. She started doing that before you went. No, or as you were there. As we were so there. I want these two. These two. You know, everything has to line up, as you know. Uh, and there, there happen to be children no one has claimed to, and um, it's 
probably it could happen in the next couple three months. That's fantastic. Um, it just you know it just depends on all the eyes getting dotted and t's crossed. Um, wow. and it's it's an orphanage. We've had a relationship. This is our third year in a row being there. Um, so that probably helped too. That that they 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 knew who we were. So it weren't just people you know coming in um, off the street. Um, uh, it was just a great. It was just, it was just great. We got to help some people. We, we blessed the socks off of some people. I mean, just just crazy. Uh, helped help some churches with Bibles, with uh, music stuff. Helped a church with a keyboard. Uh, helped to get a, a bicycle for a guy who has to get up at three every morning to walk eight miles to work, and now he can ride his bike. He's one of the the pastors. Um, yeah, it was just crazy. It was just it was just a, a ton of fun and. Um, We we legitimately helped some, a lot of people. Right, so that was cool. Well, I, I gave one of my friends a, a Bible. It was one of the schools we we go to uh, every year, and I actually sponsor one of the kids in that school. And um, we talk a lot on Facebook throughout the year. And, and it was just kind of a random thought. I had an extra Shona language Bible. I thought I'll, I'll give one to him. And and he sent me a message, you know, later on, just he's blown away by this Bible. His Bible is all torn up and twenty years old. And I guess that was on a public post. He he's, he said, "I want to be buried with the Bible and everything." And I'm going, dude. I mean, it, it was a five dollar Bible. Oh, how much end. we take you for know, granted, I, I, right? I thought it was just like, eh, maybe he can use it. He'll give it to someone else or whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's just as cool to be part of that, um, and uh, to to see legitimate. I mean, we're really doing something, you know. Right. It's not just a, a trip, or it's not just a thing to do. It's it's legitimately helping. Um, I mean, there's just a ton of little stories that can go forever, but uh, just the ripple effect of how God. We did one thing in, in that one area, and, and an hour away, we saw the ripple effect of of it showing up somewhere else. We're like, whoa! Like we didn't see that coming. Um, and it's just just cool, just really cool. Well, yeah, that sounds like a fantastic trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love this, right? Like, this is this is exactly what it's supposed to be. And then you put it in perspective and you go, look how hard we have to work in America to pull this off, right? <laughs> like, you bring the hope of Jesus to people and they're like, yes, I love it. You buy, people need chickens, you buy chickens. People need Bibles, you get them a Bible, they're like, I love this Bible, I read it all the time. Yeah. I want to be buried with it, right? Yeah. We, could, we hand out Bibles like water at the church. People are like, eh. <laughs> I didn't really read it, or eh, I didn't get to. Hey, we're gonna have VBS for your kids. Hey, we're gonna give away free donuts. Hey, we're gonna air condition the air. Eh, you know, <laughs> yep. you're building churches across the river. People are still hiking through gators to get there, and they're like, "I love Jesus." <laughs> you're like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> I know it's it's, uh... it's just it's. I mean, here's the thing: it's like it's like that. Those stories are so awesome, right? And like it, it just, I it just goes what. I mean, maybe we should fish over there. You know, maybe Jesus goes, get off the shore. Go fish over there. That's where people want to know me. That's why we keep going back. I know, right? I mean, people want to meet me over here. These fellows, they're no fish in this water. Like, but, but you know what? The, it, it's, it's, it's our people are like catching on fire like, like I haven't seen because of their involvement there. So sure. it's a win-win. Both, both sides are winning. Sure. Uh, we've, we got our, we already have our fourth and fifth year dates planned, but uh, like for next year, we're going in July. I've already exceeded the limit of how many people we can take. And I'm like, uh, we weren't even home from Chicago. Right. And like, I'm, I'm seeing the online because I tell them, give them a hundred, put a hundred bucks down. I talk is cheap. I want to see, I want to deposit, you know, and I've got five <laughs> more people than I can handle, but, but we're going to see if we can accommodate it. Who knows? Awesome. We ran out of water with who we had. So I don't, <laughs> right. You know, I don't know. Uh, 
it, but but they're just they're on fire. They're excited. They're 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 doing crazy stuff here because of what was going on there. Which I which I think we'll get to some of the discussion that we were having just before the show started. And I think this ties in with with um, yeah yeah at least some of that. Um, which is b- being part of doing what God has people doing w- w- will generate excitement. Like you don't have yeah. to muster it up, right? Like when you see God work, it gets you excited to do things that God is up yeah. to. And, and and a lot of times, like the the drought that I think we have in our in our environment um, isn't isn't necessarily lack of opportunity. It's it's because like there's such a there's such a dry spell of being a part of seeing God work that you don't get the natural inertia that comes from that. Yeah. And so, like to the extent, like it's just, so, I think it's it's one of those things where um, you 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 can't catch fire without a without a flame, a start of yeah. a of a flicker somewhere. When well, um, you read through Acts two, it started with that flicker and it kept going because it, it fed off of each, you know, right? It was just it just kept going, and right. this is probably the closest I've experienced that is these last couple of years of seeing the ball start rolling. Um, yeah, yeah, because huh. you can't you can't manufacture it. You can't just Go th- preach through Acts and say, oh, "Come on, do that." I mean, yeah, they have to experience it, right? Right. Uh, so, so Jake, Ben, and I, and Jake were in Ethiopia last year, and Jake's actually heading back to Ethiopia again this year. Um, can you can you find some commonality in what in what Dan's saying for for going overseas and, and doing mission type work? Yeah, I. I mean, you said you've been three years in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. So. I'm excited just to see the second year because while I was in Ethiopia, I did not soak any of it up until like it was probably a week or two after. Oh yeah, just where like I realized it. So yeah, I I saw Jesus work, but the in hindsight, I didn't really see Jesus work because I was so focused on being in Africa, being it's overwhelming away from home, yep. being off on sleep cycle, just like yeah, just bombarded with all these thoughts and stuff that was just taking me away from what the purpose of the trip was. Yeah. And now that, now that I can realize that and I can realize exactly like what God is trying to do through our team, through these kids, I think I'll be able to soak it up a lot more. And yeah. just like looking back on my journals, I, I didn't really talk about Jesus in them. I was, I was talking about the trip itself and like not what Jesus was doing through me and the, in the, yeah. and the kids. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what Jesus can do. And geez, two just, weeks from today. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just from, having just gone through this right the second time we went it was like a step higher of comfort and we could focus on the mission because it was like okay we got the initial stuff out of the way i I recognize roads buildings people this time it was so wild number three i i I, it was the weirdest sensation we drove into town to to shredzi and i'm like i'm home yeah which you know i mean it was so weird not like home i want to live here but home like i could live here i'd be okay i mean yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, you have to, once you get there, it, it, it goes crazy. It goes crazy, and they respond because they know you too. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's funny. Is like is is it's almost the the exact same way that we talk about introducing Jesus to to people that that you live close to, right? Like, the the more they know you, the more you have a relationship with them, the more that 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 conversation starts to breed itself, right? And then it get, and it gets to move and like and the same thing is true when you're going overseas or, or doing any type of of Jesus work not where you live right the more you're there the more that you you get comfortable with it the more that you understand the surroundings you understand the people what their lives look like and then your conversations are way more genuine and you're not just some weird you know white guy from <laughs> from somewhere else yeah. right like they realize it's we're all talking about the same Jesus here and those conversations start to go way 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 better and so like there there yeah that's that's just it's it's very cool to be a part of something like that very cool 
And it's it's also tough to judge because you're planning a church. We're talking to orphans. And I guess just the interaction orphans get from anyone that's not a nanny, just like someone from Africa, it's more just like, wow, these people are talking to me. And Jesus is probably the last thing on their mind. Mm-hmm. When you're planning a church and you're handing them Bibles, Jesus is on the forefront. So I guess while you're working with orphans, you see Jesus work more indirectly. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not necessarily coming to Jesus just because we were there. But us telling uh, us telling them their our favorite Bible verse or just, like, simply saying Jesus is awesome and you should love him, I, I think it's harder to, I guess, judge the results opposed to... Yeah. Well, you know what, though? I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, just no, feed off of that. Uh, one of the kids... Uh, young teenagers last year from the orphanage had attended the revival we did last year, gave his life to Christ. This year, uh, one from last year's team was there again and was able to have the conversation, however things going, and, and it was like, there was growth, there, it was real, you know, it wasn't like a yeah, the Americans are here, I'll, I'll say yes. I mean, so right. I mean, it, it was helpful, it, it legitimately helped that child's eternity from visiting the orphanage last year and, and inviting them to the revival, and some, somehow they got to that revival we did last year. And then uh, uh, backing it up this year with the more conversation and, and, and confirmation, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, that the, it was a real deal in their life. They're, they're growing, and, and so it, it's, uh, it's helpful. Right, you know, oh, you'd yeah. be surprised at, at, at what, can, what can land. And I suppose if you think of it broadly, yeah. um, although it, it, feels, it feels like, and there is a tangible difference between, say, uh, showing up, planning a church, and being able to spend some time with folks and, and just talk to them and let them know, look, I'm here because because God sent me here. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus sent me here to do this. Um, if we talk about uh, how people get to know and meet Jesus, it's through continually running into him. And it's the same thing if you continue running into people, right? So like like you have a limited amount of time with, with, with the kid. Maybe you're talking 20 seconds, mm-hmm. 20 minutes or something. But like as, that, as those people keep coming through and they're like, boy, I don't know all these people individually, but Jesus keeps sending people here, right? And through that, they get to know Jesus. It's like kind of the cumulative yeah. effect of that kind of thing starts to change uh, as a as opposed and then you don't get to see the kind of the whole process um, which is it, it feels different but I think I think that's the thing is that like hey man I, I'm here because Jesus sent me here and then like the third or fourth time that happens even through four different people we're like hey Jesus seems to love me he keeps sending people here to, to talk to me and to say something and to help yeah right I mean it, it's not going to be any shock to them that you don't belong there you know what I'm saying? That like you live down the road. They know you don't live down the road. Right. They know that you came from another country. You know to come visit them, right? Like and 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 well, what is it in John where he's basically saying they will know my disciples by how they love, right? Like reasonable people don't just fly across the country just to come visit you, give you a high five and a couple soccer balls, and go. Well, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus does crazy stuff like this, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like it, it it is a benchmark to say, well, what kind of love is this? Right, like what kind of love looks like this, and and maybe it is a crazy looking white dude that don't belong in your country at all. You know, that just happens to stop by and give you a, a boatload of teff and a, and a soccer ball and whatever, and say and say hello and care about what you what you answer. Then did anybody succeed in touching your skin and oh, have yeah. a reaction oh, yeah. to it? We 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 allow them. I mean, we reach out to them and they they they, they won't initiate it, but if you let them, it's on. You know, it's you'll give them them. They'll take a mile thing. And yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Was that flattering? I, I mean, I feel like I, if I someone came by and touched my skin and goes, "Ooh," because <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I didn't think about it. Well, that well way. thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, thank it you was our much. way of of loving them. You yeah, know? I'm, like, I'm more sure. <laughs> shaking the hand and they, they, yeah. Now we had a gal on our team this year. 
uh, who, you know, in America, we would call African-American. And uh, she was a little nervous. How are people going to respond? Because she looks like them. And uh, it was so interesting because uh, it, I mean, it, she didn't know how to process this. She's still processing this. Because she went there, and it's like she's clearly not African. She, you know, she didn't know the culture. She right. didn't know the language. She didn't, I mean, it's a foreign land. And the people there were, weren't thinking of her as American. Right. But not African either. You know, she's like totally homeless, kind of, kind of so to speak. Oh, right. right. But at the same time, nobody cares. Nobody cares about yeah. what color she was there. It's not an issue. It's only here that people are like... Get up in arms about what, what color you are. You know, actually, it was that was the amazing thing about Ethiopia is like they the there's there wasn't such a stark um, Muslim Christian divide. No mm-hmm. one actually cared. Like it was just it was they, it was just was, and nobody was nobody was upset about it, right? Like obviously there's fundamental differences between the two groups, but nobody turned it into like a brick wall kind of situation. It was just what it was, and no one no one really had anything to say about it either way. And so, like, it is amazing to see how much of that stuff is created in our backyard. Because we got time for that. We do have time for we that. Got, we, got, we have time to, to go look at the air conditioning and go, eh. We have time to not read the three Bibles we have in our house. And mm-hmm. we've got time to argue over things that people don't have time for. That's right. The other guy's still trudging eight miles to get water, yeah. right? Or trying to make sure that the storm ain't going to take his place out. And we're like, the Internet's slow. I'm going to be mad at something else. What's it going to be today? <laughs> Dang. Well, that stuff's good for a rebound. For you know, I you know we've talked about this before. Is like is, is there's there's danger and opportunity both in short term missions, right? There's there's great opportunity to see Jesus do work and great opportunity to root your soul and let God be your eyes um, when you're somewhere. And there's also a, a little bit of a danger of be, of becoming happy with yourself, <laughs> you know, super proud that you went uh, and feeling real great. Look how awesome I am! Right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. If you think about, I suppose if you think about the, the the two distinctions that we were just talking about, one is saying um, I'm going to go where God is sending me, uh, and I will let Him change me. Uh, through that process, and the other one says, "I'm going to go take my brand of awesome over somewhere else." <laughs> That's right. There's room for me over there. <laughs> and when you have a team, there's always one or two like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and that half the battle is 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 fun to watch that turn through the week, though. Right. You, you know, God, God, God grabs them. Yeah, and, and it's, 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 that's that's really that actually is cool because it turns out that that your brand of awesome it does it's not a currency here. Yeah, right. No Nobody one actually cares. feels that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's trying to it's trying to spend a, a Franklin over there and they're like, but we don't even recognize. Yeah, we don't this. even take Franklins. <laughs> yeah. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> yeah. That's true. I, I, I've actually, I've, I've turned, I was pretty hardcore about this probably three or four years ago. I'm like, I don't see no benefit in this. People just rolling over to white skin and going, hey, we brought all this great stuff. And, and, and I, I think, I think God's refined that a little bit out of me. I mean, I still think there's a small bit of, of worry that you're bringing your own, like, our, take our brand of Jesus. You've seen it ruin Christianity in multiple nations, you know, where people have shown up and says, I see that you have these, crazy underground house churches but you're not doing it right you really need a building and choir robes and then you know what i'm saying and then just take the bullets to the whole thing and so you can do that but it's not necessarily a great worry for people that are going over there with like god let me see what you want me to see let me speak when you want me to speak let me humble myself or you will humble for me uh when i need that right and just let let you do what you do these are your people. I just mm-hmm. want to do what you're asking me to do. And if you do it that way, then you can mission in Philadelphia, Chicago, Ethiopia, and Zimbabwe, and and the results will be the same. Right. Yep. Right. You could. You should be able to drop teams of Jesus people anywhere in the world, and like the basic fundamentals of, of how you look at people around you uh, is going to be the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That's an awesome update, Dan. 
Yeah, thanks. It's, it's exciting. Fun. It's exciting to see. Uh, it's, it's one of the. I, I'd gone on a stretch of. Um, I cut out all kind of uh, peripheral books, um, cr- Christian books especially. I'm like, this stuff is junk. I don't read enough of my Bible, and so I, I was I was on a thing for like two or three years where like I was re- not taking anything in um, spiritually related that wasn't scripture. Uh, and the one thing that I have allowed back in, um, uh, in addition to like Bible commentaries and stuff, is stories of modern stories of watching God work because um, because our, our our world is big and God is awesome and he's doing big things and the thing um, that, I, that, that we were talking about earlier that, that lacks is being able to see God work and have that be part of kind of the thing that, that sets flames around you um, and inspire you to be to run towards it um, and hearing being able to hear stories of people kind of engaging with God's work is just awesome and like it's a miss to not take it in yeah. Uh, and since I don't trust the Facebook, uh, I have to go with the print material uh, or podcast. <laughs> and so uh, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see uh, God doing cool work uh, in Zimbabwe uh, through through Pathway Church and through Dan. Yeah, it's very cool. Dang, we need a better fo- we need a better we need a better thing, a better way for people to tell stories of how God is awesome. Like you just don't see that very often. You know what I'm saying? Where people get to, I mean. You have to you have to wade through it and 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 it's 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 messy and we don't we're not a bit we, the whole church has a big C capital C church mm-hmm. right there's God's doing all kinds of stuff and like we barely hear about it where Paul used to send a letter to everybody say here here's what's up yeah, here's <laughs> what happened you know here's here's what's going on over here you guys missed this thing or whatever and we don't ever get to see that cool stuff anymore and so you rely on whatever your super charismatic friend who seems to happen to him all the time you know <laughs> and then like there's a ton of other people where you don't even hear any of the stories which would lend so much legitimacy. To, to the Holy Spirit moving and acting and doing things, and you're like, I don't know, I just feel like I don't see it, you know, like, here's, there's millions of people, and there's, there's God doing all kinds of stuff. It didn't happen at your place, and you're like, well, God, didn't, he doesn't do nothing. That's a total lie, right? we gotta, we got to figure out that, some kind so, of hub for it. Let me, let me talk about this gal, if I can. Okay. Uh, somehow she found out about the revival, and, and she came Friday night, so it's the first night. She, she is a mother, has a, I think it's a 12, year, 12 or 13-year-old daughter who can't walk. Uh, I think she was born that way. And, and so she's been, like, stuck at home. She just doesn't do anything. I mean, it, it, it's a rugged terrain. It's it's just, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. But for whatever reason, she found out, somehow she found out about the revival. She came. Uh, she she put her faith in Christ. She she was just, like, beaming from ear to ear. She she was so excited. She was in tears. She was excited. She was, she, she was I mean, like, the whole world had changed, right? She comes the next day, and she 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 carries her her twelve thirteen year old daughter with her, which is everything she does. She has to carry her. She doesn't have any. I mean, there's not like a wheelchair or anything. And she brought the daughter. I mean, she was there all day long, lugging this gal around, and and, and the whole weekend. I mean, she was just there's so much joy in this woman. She she had a community to be a part of now, a uh, faith in Christ, uh, a new beginning. I mean, there's so much. And, and so we're trying to figure out how do we help her, you know, is, it a, is there a wheelchair that would work in that train or a wagon or something? You know, we're trying to figure something out that we can help that church help her. Um, and, and up to this point, they hadn't figured it out yet by the point by the time we left because we were going to leave, leave some money. But anyway, they're still, still supposed to communicate that to me. Um, but we just wanted, we, we didn't want them to know it was from the Americans. So I'm actually kind of glad we're gone. Right. Because uh, it's just going to be from that church, you know, as some type of gift. It'll, it'll, it'll just rock her world if she can. Because it's only going to get worse, you know. This, this child is going to keep growing, and and you can't just carry a 
extra body around all the time. But I don't know, she, the dancing, the singing, the, the, the she just was just absolutely part of this new group, and, and they totally accepted her and, and, and welcomed her in. And it was cool as an outsider to just to see that take place. And anyway, uh, yeah, I'm anxious to see her next year and see how things are going and what's happening. And I guess going back to what Mike said, that's, I guess I've never really thought about just like how little as just this American church, we just talk about something even small that God's done in our life. Just like, I don't know, it, I've just been thinking for the last couple of minutes while you're talking, just like what are ways where, whether it's like a, like a Facebook page where you just, comment this is what god did and this is awesome because looking back on it through my small group that i've been with for seven years just like some of the best moments are just like hearing how god has worked through this week through a trip and just like how awesome that is and like mike said i don't think there's enough of that going on in 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 the american church crap man that's all we need you get rid of your news app Right? You don't care about that stuff. What do you care? Putin's still doing nasty stuff. Big surprise. Or whatever. You know, that North Korean dude, he's still angry about everything. Whatever. Right? Can we just hear what God's doing? You go, this is the stuff I want to hear. This is what I want to start my day with. I don't want to wake up going, how did the stock market go? I don't care. What did Jesus do yesterday? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. Well, and think of, think of that's the nature of uh, when God sends prophets in the Old Testament. Like, half of what they're talking about is God pointing back and saying, remember that I did that? Yeah, right. Like, you're, see how you're acting right now? Mm-hmm. That acts as if I didn't do this thing back here that you should have recalled. Yeah, you forgot about that thing. Yeah, and so, like, this, like what I do represents who I am, and that the same who I am is the same person that's dealing with you right now. And so you, that it, it, informs, it informs your today and it forms your tomorrow to remember who God is and what he does. And, it, yeah, we have scripture for that, and I think that's, I think that's great. Um, but I don't think uh, our, our uh, seeing Scripture as a high authority precludes us from still as a community continuing to talk about how awesome God is and the types of things that he's doing as an encouragement to say, see, remember God is faithful. Yeah. Remember a, his grace is lavish. So I'm not a real big fan of like spotlight devotionals, but I would, I would sign up for this. Right, like the closest thing that I ever had is I used to get one from the Voice of the Martyrs, right? Yeah, but it's always some guy dying at the end, <laughs> yeah. or or being in, or being in prison. I mean, and, and granted, it's it it's more makes me want to go. Boy, that guy's got a lot more. He's he's doing a lot more than I am, right? Like he's he held out way longer than I would have. You know, it makes me feel uh, guilty as a human. But it doesn't go. Uh, it, I don't know. It's not that story about God. It doesn't always have to be a great ending, like hey, the leg grew back or something, you know. Right. But it does have to be that God is a God of action and He does something. Because if if you find most people who are struggling with following Christ, they they misbelieve. And we talked about this last week. One of two things is is, is that that God is good and and He loves you and He's paying attention. These are the two things people don't trust. Right. They don't trust that that if God is and first of all whether God's going to get involved or not. So, so they're not really sure whether he's an active God and, 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 and participates in the world. And even if he does, is, is he doing the right thing? Because from my point of view, it looks like you're screwing me. It looks like you're not doing the thing that I want, or good is not happening. Even if you can step back for it and look not, not look at it in a selfish way, you still go, overall, God, what's the point? What's the point of these people with the cancer? Tell me. Tell me why you allow this, right? Like, so these are things that people go, I don't know that God is, is living and active and doing things. And even if he is, is he any good? And, and like, we have way more stories that, that lead you to believe that that may or may not be the case, right? That, that, that evil thrives and the good man dies 
and and Jesus Christ because he loves them both, <laughs> right? And so like these are the two things that that, that did we, you steal that from a song? That's yeah. from Josh Garrels. Yeah, Josh Garrels. <laughs> I love Josh Garrels. You guys all bored with this? It's yeah. farther along. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do love Josh Garrels. Yeah. Now hold on. When I was saying it though, did you think, man, Mike, that's pretty good? I did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, it was out of character. <laughs> Sweet, sweet I, verbal I, I, prose is yeah, not what your is line. I, I wonder why the good man dies, the bad man thrives, and Jesus cries because he loves them both. Yeah. We're all just castaways and need a rope. Yeah. <laughs> see? I bring the culture. That's what I bring. I do have to say, one, one, how we see people, what like I said earlier, the people who just long for the ride, whatever, or getting a bucket list yeah. trip done, transition into a God grabbing them. is every. And I would encourage this, if you have any say in this team you're on i don't know how with the you know the specifics the first year i went i i, I was just two of us just went as a test with another lives. group so we could bring one the next year uh so the first thing we did is last year and this year and it was huge every single night we get together and debrief mm. and talk about what what did god do because mm -hmm. you see things i don't see and i see things you don't i mean and by the time you go around that room there's 12 people telling these crazy god stories it, it's you can't you can't not be changed by that because it, it's God's just doing stuff and it's so cool. Yeah. Then the first year was like we didn't get any of that. It was just like, oh yeah. You know, I mean, not, not to crit be yeah. critical of those people. It's just that wasn't their thing. And, and so we had to kind of make up our own. My my, my daughter and I went and we just kind of what did what, you see? What did you see? You know? And and uh, it's huge. It's huge telling the stories. Absolutely. Like I was with my youth group. I was on a service trip in Denver. Uh -huh. uh, I got back two weeks ago. And the way our church does it is. They split up, so I have a small group with my grade, my gender that's been since sixth grade, so we do everything together, and then we get there and they split us up, I was with like two freshman girls, a junior, or a sophomore boy, and a junior girl, so it was, we were working with other people and we were working at different work sites, so then at the end of the day we'd have small group time with our normal small group, my senior boys. And we just talk about what we learned, and that would go on for an hour and a half. We'd go around and say, like, yeah. one way we saw God work, and, like, that was all we did in small group time. And yeah, I, yeah. That's that sounds very similar. And that's we did that a lot in Ethiopia last year, too, if I, if I remember right. We just kind of just talked about our experiences, and that's, yeah. a, that's just a really, really, like, healthy way to see God, and I, I grew from it for sure. Yeah, and I think, I think to that point... Uh, like the more we can integrate that, if we see if we see our our our, um, our miss here is that we often are not talking about it. Like that seems like an appropriate question to be talking about all the time. Yeah. Like as a, as a church, we just like there's there's a difference probably in like, hey, how's your week going? How can I pray for you? Okay, like we do that as a shape of things, and that's mm -hmm. okay. Um, but like if we frame the question specifically and say, look, what do we see God do? Um, it starts to ask uh, the right types of questions, and, and either we have stories, or uh, to be honest, if we go through a full group of people, you got 40, 50 people around, and we're like, well, I didn't, I didn't see anything this week. Well, then uh, I don't need to ask what we're praying about. <laughs> right? Like, then I have a sense of, like, do I have an expectation that I feel like God will be working um, and that we will see it in some way or another, and, or progress or indication through somebody? Um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and if it's not, God, send us the person where it is so that we can jump on board with it. So, so is this is, is this maybe one of the things to take away? Like, is is you know you you get back from doing a mission trip like this, and what are the stuff that you don't want to let go? Right, like you intentionally went to Zimbabwe, you intentionally went to Ethiopia, you also intentionally 
went to your job on Monday. You know, yeah. you also intentionally yep. did all these things, and and and, and some of it is a trumped up view, is a misunderstanding for us of of what God's doing, right? Like, and so when we when you get home, you stop talking about what God right. did for today. You stop getting together as a group of Christ followers mm-hmm. and go, "What's God moving? How's shaking? What should we be doing? How should we be using our talents?" Because frankly, you got all day to walk around Zimbabwe. Normally, you're 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 bombarded with all the stuff that you either put in there or is put upon you that you allowed, mm-hmm. and so some of that is managing what exactly your life is, right? When you're in Zimbabwe or when you're in another country, you've got no job to go to. There's no birthday to attend. You know, there's no work meeting. You just go, what can I do with my time for other people and the Lord today? And then when you come home, you chuck it out the window and go, well, it looks like I'm back to being owned by whatever company I work for. And <laughs> I definitely got to do put gas in the car and I got to change the oil because otherwise blah, 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 blah. Well, I think that's part of the dangerous nature of the concept of that roller coaster faith yeah. is is – uh, the spiritual highs and spiritual lows and things like that. Like God isn't just in Zimbabwe. God mm-hmm. isn't just in Ethiopia. God is not just in uh, uh, some far off mission field. Is he in Bond or Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. good. Sure. <laughs> He's in Bond. <laughs> trust me. Uh, it, the, the nature of it is is the problem is we get on these highs that are that are based off of these huge monumental things, and it's because we've defined monumental incorrectly. We've defined it as it it it, it is the it is the after effect of, of this huge move. But that's not really true. Like a lot of the times, you don't hear a lot of Bible stories about people that had to go so far away. It's God meets them where they are in a lot of these stories. Yes, there are situations where God sends someone across the world. Yes, God sends people out to do his work in other places. There's absolutely biblical for that. But there's also times when God just shows up to somebody's front door mm-hmm. and says, hey, I need you to do work here. And there's work to be done. You don't have to travel to the promised land right now. You don't have to go to Nineveh. You just have to be exactly where you are and follow me and love me and seek my kingdom. And we run into a problem when we define our faith by monumental moves in our definition. Rather than God's monumental move might have been, hey, you went to the come and go the other day and you paid for somebody's meal that couldn't pay for their own. And then afterwards they asked you why you did it. And you said, just because I love Jesus and Jesus loves you and I love you. And that's a huge thing for them. That may, they may have needed to hear that. There's something to be said for, for and Ben and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago, uh, biblically creating, create, creating an altar there, creating an altar to remember this is what God did. It's just like there are so many biblical stories in the Old Testament where, where God does something huge, and the person responds by creating an altar yeah. in memory of that specific situation. Uh, uh, after Moses passes away and Joshua takes over, Joshua's called to cross the River Jordan and per- brings out the Ark of the Covenant and, and God parts the waters, right? His immediate reaction after that is build an altar here because your sons and da- or sons or something will ask about this someday so that we remember what this is. Exactly where he was, they created an altar at that moment in remembrance of God. Right. Someone names a new place because of what God does. I named it this because God brought water out right. from the rock. I named it this because God did this. Like It is the nature of uh, recognizing God's power in the exact instance we're in and moment we're in, not just when we go on these faith treks. It is the every day that we are to remember exactly what God does through Scripture reading to remember what he did biblically and whatever it's prayer journaling or just reminding yourself of, hey, 
God worked last week because I had enough money to pay my water bill. Yeah, and the same and the same could be true uh, for revivals, uh, men's group outings, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, ladies absolutely. ladies potlucks or whatever, right? All the things that yeah. like not we're not just talking about about overseas missions. We're talking right, about no, like all the things that we get geared up for and say God will meet us here definitely. The last and th- then he doesn't show back up after you leave the men's retreat and go, "Well, good thing we saw Jesus there. We won't see him for another." The whatever. last 15 years of my life have been riddled with spiritual highs because of events that I went to or things that I did. Uh, but the one thing that's constant there is God's there the entire time. God never left me regardless of if it's been three weeks since Acquire the Fire or if it's been six weeks since I went to church camp or it's been a year since I went to my last lock-in, whatever it was. God was always there and doing things. I just wasn't recognizing it. And even in my faith now, he's doing things daily. It doesn't It doesn't matter whether or not I'm going to to Zimbabwe or if I'm staying in Altoona. There are still things that he's doing, and it's my job to ascribe worth to him based off of those things, to remember him based off those things. And recently, this is kind of what God's been laying on my heart is to start journaling this stuff, is because in 20 years when I may have that moment where I'm just like, man, Father, I'm having difficulty seeing you right now, and I'm having difficulty seeing where you've moved, I can just open up a prayer journal that goes, it starts here. And day one, I asked God to help my unbelief, and then the next day, he wrecked me. In the most wonderful of ways. And here's when he answered this prayer. And here's when he answered this prayer. And he told me no for this and it hurt at the time. But that's because he had this waiting for him. And it's, it's the concept of us taking our time and remembrance to, to, to construct those altars. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's almost like we have um, uh, kind, of, a, kind of a pay-per-view Ebenezer's. Right, like, hey, we're going to set up an Ebenezer. We're going to set up a, a, yep. an altar somewhere uh, so that we may come to remember God. But it, like, it's anticipating an event and telling God, hey, we expect you to meet us in this thing, um, as opposed to what, what what biblically they were doing, which was, boy, did you see God move? Mark it, put right. it in the yep. dirt. And say, in this place, we know for a fact that God was sovereign. Right. God came and did the thing, and everybody that walk, walks by here will know that Yahweh, the God of Israel, is sovereign mm-hmm. in this spot right here. Right. Um, and and so, like uh, we've and we've, there's something about there's something about trying to set those up and say, hey, if we gather a bunch of people there, we will create this thing mm-hmm. so that it'll be the right place to set up an Ebenezer, uh, yeah. as opposed to. Um, like as we walk faithfully in our daily lives, we see it and call it out. You write it down. You put right. up the marker um, because we are prone. It, it's one of those things that, that like, uh, and Boof, I think you and I were talking about this, is that, um, that, that some of the things that were part of, the, um, of God's law were established to keep a persistent memory of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those practices that I am, I am eternally thankful of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done to eliminate my inability to adhere to some of these things. But there are notions and shapes in some of those practices that I very much feel like um, are missing from my life yeah. that cause me, to, that allow me to not remember. Right? Like so, so some of the things that we do often or that they would have do kind of systematically uh, just cause you to not forget. Like you knew that like something slipped, you had to go take, uh, you had to go haul your heifer over to the thing right. and have the thing killed. Like you did not forget the nature of God's sovereignty, the holiness exactly. of his presence. Um, and so it is such a crime to think of what the sacrifice of Jesus has saved us from and has somehow resulted in such slackish behavior on my own part that I can't even be reminded of it consistently enough to call myself back to it, right? And, but but there, was, there, was, there was nothing unnatural about writing it down, about telling the stories in your community, about setting up the altar and saying, right. in this spot, God was faithful and sovereign, and, I need to rem- and it reminds me of that, and then it reminds me of what I've been created to be the image and likeness of.
I love this. And here, okay, I have to tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's because, like, like there's there's solid things, right? Like setting up altars and saying, here's what God did or whatever. And all I can imagine is, like, somebody's traveling worship shows, and they're like, they're, they say, I can really feel the Holy Spirit tonight. I mean, have they ever said, I feel like he's not here right now? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, which I, only, interesting. I, I, I don't say that in a disrespectful way. I say that to say, do you really actually know the difference? Like, would that worship set would have gone the same way whether the Holy Spirit showed up or not? Would your life be going the same way whether the Holy Spirit shows up or not? And if those things are true, that sucks. Right. <laughs> right? That sucks. So if they get a room full of 10,000 people to go, and every night they say, I really feel the Holy Spirit in this place. And I, I, I hope you do. Like, I hope that's the truth. And I hope you don't just say that to rile people up. Because if you do, because one of those guys... That's pretty rough if you're just saying that to rile right? people up. I feel like you that go, man, he's, he's just not here. We should fold the tent. Boys. I, I would not recommend he's not just coming calling to the Holy Spirit that's, to ride things that's up. The, that's the, the, the concept, uh, it's, it's a similar concept of Ichabod, right? God's presence has left, the t- when God's presence left the temple, mm-hmm. and like they were still doing sacrifices, and the, holy, the priest is still going in there, and like God's presence was gone. Like yeah. it was, but they still did it. They're like walking right. in and out of there. The actions are still happening. It 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 it, it just it's it's a frightening thought to me. It's a frightening thought that you could that you 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 spend your whole life like that worship service, right? You spend the whole life like in a choir of the fire where they they play all the tunes and get you all riled up and whatever, and like nothing really changed for you. You just got riled up in a choir of fire, and then you leave, and the Holy Spirit was never there, right? You just you just went on with your life, and nothing ever changed for you. It was just a big bolster deal. You know what that explains, though, is that like sometimes those are life changing moments for people. Absolutely, but it's not because of the environment. Right? It's because you went there looking for the presence of God, and God met you there. Right. Right. right? Um, so, so like that's the thing is that like for every story we're like, boy, uh, that's, I feel like we just got people riled up. You're going to find folks who are like, boy, I, you know, I attended Promise Keepers right. or I attended a choir of the Changed fire. Changed my life. And I was yeah, and I was I was not the same husband. I was not the same person. And like it's true. But it's not true because it was Acquire the Fire, and it wasn't true because they had a sweet band, and yeah. it, it wasn't true because they were ready for 10,000 people. It was true because God was there. Right. It's, it's, it's yeah. the one thing, uh, and this is the hardest thing for me to, to, to say out loud, I think, but like, it's the one thing that makes me say, are, do I believe that there are some people who, who go to those goofball faith healers, and like every once in a while, I feel it probably works, but it has nothing to do with anything going on around them. It's because someone came in faith and said, Lord, I believe it. Right. And Lord, and Lord Jesus goes, yep, yep, going to do it today. <laughs> right? And, and it was none of the human mechanisms there. And I, it's, what's difficult to live in is to say, well, didn't God use it anyway? It's harder than think of like, well, do we do the 10,000 people thing? Because, I mean, if some people are kind of not getting anything out of it and some people is changing their life, is this still all right? right. Like, I think these are good questions for us to talk yeah. and pray through. Because we, we, we've created, uh, we, in our culture, we've created this imitation of God. You know, uh, skilled songwriters have a key change at a certain point. You get a tingle, oh, the spirit's here, you know. Right. <laughs> and, and it's like, well, I was just a skilled music, musician, actually. But, but, uh, but sometimes God does show. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And praise God, you know. Wow. You know isn't that a thought process to say, look, we're not 100% the Holy Spirit's coming today, so we worked up this tune yeah. that, will, that will cover it, right? We tune, we tune, the, we tune the lights up to cover it, well, we lo- right? Like, like we're Sean, trying to create an environment whether he shows up or not. Your, your dad went to a church once, and, and early on in our church, they, they, and he was just appalled and, and sickened because he, he got there early enough that he saw them in rehearsal, and, and they were working through a key change and all those things, and, 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 it, and it was... The idea was to make it look like the spirit was moving them in this song, but they had it was completely rehearsed. Oh, and 
And he just didn't know how to process that, you know. And it was like surprised mm-hmm. he didn't throw someone. So, and so here's the thing: <laughs> it came to me. This sounds very cartoonish, yeah. right? But like the, the people are not doing it on purpose. They're not trying to. They mean well. Yeah, they think there. like they hundred percent believe like this is the thing. Is is like if you can get people to this spot, they will be more likely to accept Jesus. Yeah. And the thing is, is like. You're not really accepting Jesus. You're accepting a feeling you're having right now, which is not sustainable and will very much let you down. Right. It'll be very disappointing to you when you remember that Tomlin brought you to your knees that one time. And then after the eighth day in a row, well, you burn Tomlin every day for 10 hours a day. And by day eight, you're like, I don't know, Tomlin, you're not doing it for me anymore. I don't feel the presence of the Holy actually, Spirit. Actually, yeah, so I don't trust Jesus it. because of Tomlin. Right. <laughs> and I'm not saying bad stuff about no, Tomlin. Actually, or right. so, so, I, so I'll say this. I, I feel like that's that's actually one of the been one of the um, the real disappointing things for me is a guy like Chris Tomlin gets a bad rap because you're trying to use his music to manipulate people. Right. Correct. Yeah. That's not his fault. Really. No, it isn't. If it's not good music, don't play it. Uh, if you think it's too repetitive or doesn't represent the songs or whatever, don't play it. I don't care. But like, uh, I, there's a number of Chris Tomlin tunes where like, boy, that's just I love that, and right. it really does something for me. Yeah. Uh, and it and it has nothing to do with the fact that you overplayed it and said, well, people are getting bored of this of this spiritual music. Yeah, right. Like it's it's not his fault. I don't. It it, it, it I mean, makes me mad because I I feel like he's just a tr- he's just a guy who's trying to be faithful and he writes some real cheesy tunes right. and I don't love them. But here's here's what I've noticed more and more like year over year I like more and more Jesus tunes, uh, irregardless of uh, the uh, where it comes from or like how old it is or the style of music because a- at the end of it, uh, as a matter of fact, there was a tune I was listening to and like my first I, the, the, over the last few weeks and the first three times I heard it, I'm like I don't was it the deeper well no. No, I Boy, love the, the I love the deeper well. The original recording of the deeper well, it just sounds like Bob Dylan got hit by a train. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's rough. He, he got hit by a train and then took a smack of helium and then <laughs> sang a song. Oh, it's Ben rough. said it to me. I'm like, no, Ben, I don't like this <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, what I'm hearing here is I can turn you on to second chapter of Acts. Yes, <laughs> the yes. revival comes coming. Eighties <laughs> music. Yes, eighties <laughs> Christian. It did. So I, I followed. There's a, some bands that was been some of the festivals that we were at, and like they post on Facebook, and like I very rarely listen to to stuff on facebook but like i t- took a turn of these tunes and like my first reaction was oh this is really this is really like 30 years ago but then i, I was listening to the words i'm like you know what they sing they love jesus and uh this is a good message and i'm in i'm <laughs> yeah. in whatever this is <laughs> and like I, the, some of the stuff like you would never catch me listening to some of this music on like pop radio because pop radio is meant to serve me it's meant to say ben what tickles your fancy does this or does this not uh, i will give the benefit of the doubt frankly to any any christian artist if they're talking about something that properly reflects God and, and draws me in to worship and give fealty to King Jesus, I'm freaking in. I, I find that I love a lot of tunes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, there's one thing just like over the course, if I just have a bad day, bad event happen, I, I listen to worship music. And mm-hmm. over time, I just kind of realized I was worshiping the music. I wasn't worshiping Jesus. Right. So one thing that I still struggle with that I have to be careful with is like, why am I listening to this song? Am I listening to this song just because it's comfortable and makes just makes me feel safe? Or am I, like, worshiping the words that are from this Bible and are reflecting Jesus? And it's a, it's a dangerous game to play because a lot of the time, if you're touched during worship, like you said, it, it, it might not always be straight from the Holy Spirit. It could be from planned out rituals or... Or fog. The fog machine. Yeah. It, <laughs> Straight from Hasatan. It's a, it's a scary game because cause camps and stuff like that, worship's my favorite part. You're yeah. right. Well, I'm with you. It's also important to remember that worship is not inherently music. Uh-huh. But, like, that's that's where we get worship from a lot is our music and what we do. But, like, 
Worship in and of itself is just ascribing worth to God. That's mm-hmm. We tell that yeah. to every tambourine player we've ever had. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and the concept of worship could very easily just be you sitting there reminding yourself about the holiness of God mm-hmm. just in, in, in reading your scripture and understanding. Like, I, I worship when I read the end of Job. When Job just, or when God just brings the boots to Job and just starts saying, you know, do, do you know where the reins are kept? Yeah. Like, do you have any idea uh, 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 where I hold snow? Do you have any idea uh, what happens when, when, I, when I'm with the donkey when it's about to give birth? Are you there at that moment? No, Job, you aren't. I am. And it's like, that's worship for me. But like one of the most Im- impactful worship experiences I've ever had was I did not know the words of a song. And so all I did was I kept repeating Yahweh and Yehoshua over and over and over again. And those two words inherently just saying to God his name and to Jesus his name wrecked me. And I'm like, this, I, I'm showing you worth because I recognize your name and who you are. There's power in this alone. And so you're absolutely right. We do get get drawn into this draw of of you know worship is mainly just songs that sound good and and catchy uh, verses and and the key change and things like that. But we have to remind ourselves the heart of worship is exactly that. It is ascribing worth to the creator and mm-hmm. and, and, and producer of this entire universe and the one that, that that put everything in motion, planned everything out, and developed every single thing exactly how it is. So so I have a question. Okay. Okay. So. So if I was to pull the room and say, "What is your what? Is, not not what is the best way or the most holy or biblical way?" I'm asking you personally, "What is your favorite way to connect with God?" Can you answer that? Mine would be so for our high school youth group, we go on a far retreat up at Hidden Acres once a year, uh-huh. and the first morning we're there, they give us this prayer packet. And you're supposed to go out to somewhere, not around people. Everyone ends up going to the same place, but I always end up going in the middle of the middle of nowhere in the woods. And I sit there for like two hours, and the entire time I feel the Holy Spirit just reading through the Bible, praying, and that's just like, yep, it's the best. I I've never felt the Holy Spirit more. Just like sitting there alone, no distractions, just me and God. Okay, Brent's in for nature, nature, yeah. nature, nature time, Ben. Um, I would say, yeah, some sense of, of isolation, um, whether it be like prayer room type thing or, uh, yeah, yeah, m- maybe out, uh, out in nature somewhere. And it tends to be, um, some, some mode of singing, which is interesting cause I'm not very good. Um, and it tends to be just like a small, a small chunk, yeah. uh, a small chunk of, of, of something that is, um, uh, an attribute of God. I, actually, I was, I was telling the story to somebody else, but like, um, I've got like a bucket of working, what I call working songs. They're like songs that like, um, they're, they're, they're worshipful songs, but they, they, I find that they actually change my physical reality. Like the very, the very thought process of, of singing them. And I think I actually have to sing them. I can't just think them. Um, so I, I had some like, um, some stomach problems on a trip I, I recently made. I had to fly up to Minneapolis. Like I was going to fly there early in the morning and fly back. And like I was having some stomach issues and there were no bathrooms around. I had to take like a train from down from the airport to downtown Minneapolis, about 25 minute ride, no bathrooms. And like my stomach was not having it. And there was a high likelihood I was going to mess myself <laughs> on the way to a very important meeting of which I was flying in for at the, uh, in Minneapolis. And so um, the only way that I made it out of that plane ride uh, and, then, and then on that train ride, I was singing um, the Ren Collective's um, Yahweh. Oh, my favorite. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and it was just, um, you know, uh, 
singing your name, Yahweh, Yahweh. That was it. And like I tried, I was thinking of it, and it's not helping. And then I just started. I'm the creep. I'm the creepy guy on the train in downtown Minneapolis, going <laughs> like singing to himself. But it worked. It it changed my physical circumstances mm-hmm. of which. Um, my life, my the, the the situation that I was in, although not like relieved or anything, was was different. Was sustained. I was sustained in that kind of rote um, worship, and w- what it was doing really was just ca- causing like whatever's going on around me. I'm calling myself to remember things. Like it's the song itself is the altar. The song becomes the Ebenezer, in which I remember. Right. Um, I'm called to remember who God is and what He's done and what that means for who I am and what we do. Um, and so it, I, I think it's that. I think it's that. Um, and I don't know that it happens. I, the, the, my, my, I, I prefer to do it out somewhere in, in, in nature or something. But, like, I try not to make that such a high thing for me because I don't do it very often. And I think it otherwise sets aside that I can't do those types of things in my daily life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that's – sorry, long answer. That was my – that's my – sorry. Dan? I went way over. Uh, for, for me, I think it has to be the prayer room. Um. Lights are low, music's low, sitting in a chair, maybe reading scripture, maybe, you know, singing along with a song, maybe just violent. Those those are my deepest uh, connections with God. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, more often being in in a worship setting, but singing with the church, uh, because that happens more often. Right. um, those, Those are the two highlights, probably, for me. I have a lot of them. Unfortunately, I'm trying to figure out one. Um, I think the most, the closest that I've felt to him recently uh, was sitting in a pew in Penn Hills, Pennsylvania. Um, when I finally decided that worship was not a communal thing for me in that moment. It was not about the people that I was with. I love the people I was with, and there's nothing wrong inherently with that. And I don't think there's any problem with I think it's wonderful to worship in groups. But it was the fact of the matter that it did not matter who I was around. What mattered is, is who I was speaking to. And that's what wrecked me. It's because I've, I've, I have unfortunately categorized my, my closeness to God with my closeness to people. And I have that, that problem as an extrovert and as one that that I've lost a lot, and so I reach for a lot, uh, especially when it comes to family and, and closeness and, and intimacy that way. Um, but when I was reminded that the intimacy with God is the most important relationship that I have, uh, was, was wrecking emotionally and spiritually in such a beautiful way. Um, and that was the exact moment that I decided that, that worship was more than the words that I was reading on a screen, and worship was more than the people that I was spending it with. It was about the person that I was ascribing worth to. Or the being that I was ascribing worth to. And, and that's why saying Yahweh's name aloud grabbed a hold of my heart more than I've ever felt it held in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say my... I have two. Is You didn't I, say we could say two? Well, Bova did. Bova did two. And Dan also did two. I did one. Penn Hills. Yeah, Penn Hills. That sounded, by the way, uh, uh, in, a, in a pew in Penn Hills, Pennsylvania, seems like the start of a country song. <laughs> in a pew in Penhill, Pennsylvania. Boy, I love that song. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All that needs is a fog machine and a key change. <laughs> and the Holy the Spirit Lord is in the key change. <laughs> what you got, Michael? Let's hear it. Uh, mine is I can't. Uh, I can't take uh, people singing. 
like large, like even I shouldn't even say large groups, like five to ten people, especially children, uh, singing worship tunes. Uh, especially if it's just uh, there's not even a band, like it's just a guitar or something, and there's a bunch of kids like singing worship tunes. I don't know what Holy Spirit. I can't do it. I can't. I bow out. I start crying. I mean, it's like, like it's terrible. I can't even get through a lot of them. And I'm I'm the guy supposed to be playing the guitar, and I'm I'm out. I'm just as soon because they're they're screaming, they're yelling it loud, they're praising it high. You know what I'm saying? And they're just hey, couldn't be happier to be here. They're loving Jesus, and I'm like I can't take this. You know, so like I I have to bow out and pray for a minute and 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 straighten myself up. And I think the other the other time, and I don't do this very often, and and it just it reminded me as you guys were going through. But like I really love reading the creation story back to God. Like it's like putting his, and then you did this right instead of going <laughs> and then god created the bubble i just said and then you created this and this and this and like like i'm reading his own story back to him and like there's something just really fun to me about that really close to me about doing that because like i because i'm talking like I, I i do that so often when i pray that it, it i lose a little bit of the intimacy right because because i've just i pray a lot you know or i've begun to pray a lot but like when i'm sitting here reading this this really you know, story I've I've read a thousand times and saying, and then you hovered over to waters, and then I think, <laughs> wonder what that was like. We can talk about it later, anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, like, there's something about reading God's story back to Him and taking God out of it and just saying you, as if me and Him are digging on the story together. And like, I really love that. That's a like a beautiful award ceremony that you're holding for your father. Yes, yes. Like that's yeah. exactly what that is. You're reading back His own story to Him and just saying, "Hey, God, do you remember when you did this?" Yeah. That's beautiful. I'd like to know more that. about this hovering over to waters. <laughs> but we could talk later. <laughs> yeah. You know how you spoke out existence? What was that like? And was there you, a weird aftertaste? What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? That's beautiful, man. I love that. It's it's if you have never done that, it's it, it's really fun. I, I mean you gotta do it by yourself. Because you have to read out loud. Right. You gotta and you're do it sound out loud. psychotic in most of these scenarios if you're not doing it by yourself. Yeah, this is something I think you want to try on your own, but I'd I'd find yourself a tree and some and a place to sit and just be like Okay, in the beginning, you created you the created the heaven and the earth, and there was there Check. was more than you there. <laughs> I, I got, now I know what I'm going to do on the next train ride. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, I love. They're going to arrest me on this train. <laughs> in the beginning, you created the yeah. That guy accused hey, me of creating the heavens and the earth. <laughs> you know, I've had a, a, a few moments before when it, this doesn't happen very often. I'm like I'm at a nursing home or so, some setting, or, or I was a tr- visiting a church that was like an older people, and, and like they're singing the hymns, and I just. I just don't like him. You know, I just don't like him. <laughs> and part of my heart just turns really sour, and I'm like, oh, you people. It's like, come on. You know, but then somewhere in there it shifts to, holy crap, these people are genuinely worshiping. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it has nothing to do with me. And yeah. who do you, the heck do you think you are? <laughs> and that, I've had some pretty special moments at times, mostly, you know, you yelling got Z- at myself. You got zimbabwe at the... At the nursing you home, you had the Zimbabster. <laughs> you, you showed up, and, and you were after, you were like, "Ah, oh, this doesn't suit me." And then they didn't. You you got flipped. <laughs> <laughs> if they just had a key change, this would work for me. But no, <laughs> there's an old man smoking in the corner, trying to get the fog going. <sighs> this will get him. I hope they play up from the grave. He arose. <laughs> so you know, I, I posted a video last week from from Zimbabwe. It was like when the church had started, and it was just a song that they started singing, and people were coming in during the song. And and it was just just had a real cool sound. I'm going to record this thing, you know. And I asked a friend a couple of days later, what were they singing? Because it, it was just you know pure joy and 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 just just craziness. And uh, he said what they were singing was the presence, the presence of the Lord is in this place. I feel it. No, the presence, the presence of the Lord is here. I feel it. I feel it in the atmosphere. Huh. And, and it was just like I kind of felt it, but I had no clue 
I mean, it was like it was really it was a cool experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, fellas. Yeah. Do you realize what we've been doing the last five minutes? What's that? We've been sitting here remembering what God's been doing. Fantastic. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> we got to throw away our original premise of the show. Yeah. We're just going to do this. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, we That's were just great. sitting here talking about ways that we can tell stories about God, then all of us just shared stories of closeness with God. Yeah. We need to invite more people in here that have more stories even. So this is a crazy story. I'd never, ever in my life thought I'd experience this. It was, uh, it was middle school camp last year, and the... The lead pastor for the week <clears throat> said he was a, at a church in Mexico, and when they'd pray, the pastor wouldn't pray over them. Everyone would pray out loud and just pure chaos. And he <laughs> said, we're going to try this. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm a leader for sixth grade boys. These guys are idiots. They're not going to get anything out of this. <laughs> and then everyone starts praying. They're praying, to the, they're praying out loud, and they're praying different prayers, and it's chaos and it's loud but it was one of the most just crazy <laughs> amazing things i've ever witnessed and i don't know if i'll be able to if i if i will ever be able to experience that again just because just like the uniqueness of it and like that was straight from god just <laughs> and i wasn't even praying i was just like soaking it in around me seeing like there's 250 middle school kids right here <laughs> and they don't have to be here they could be doing middle school things back home, and they're here choosing to worship Jesus. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. That sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. That actually, that showed up in that, uh, uh, what I call it? Something fire, something spirit? Fresh wind, fresh Fresh, fire. Fresh wind, fresh fire. Uh, Have you read that, Dan? I don't think so. It sounds sounds familiar, but I don't... It's by uh, Jim Cimbala. Uh, oh, maybe I have. And so uh, that was one of the things he described. And the, the whole the, the premise of the book, I talked about this just a little bit last week, was like um, he, the church re- was revitalized, the, the Brooklyn um, Tabernacle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have read that. I, I, the, and the whole thing was prayer. It's basically like, like we, we, just, we had to turn this thing over to Jesus, and, and it, it started from this Tuesday night prayer gathering. And it's interesting, Jake, that you brought that up because like that was one of the things he described. Is is like um, – Everybody just prayed, and of course, like my mind doesn't work that way. I'm like, what do you mean everybody just prayed? Like that doesn't. Where's the, this? This sounds like disorder. Where's yeah. the order? Yes. This sounds like disorder. <laughs> Disarray. Yeah. Um, and so, and and it was it, it it occurred to me that thought. I mean, like I, I'm open. Like the Lord wants to move, and yes, fine, we'll fire this up. And like everyone prayed at the same time, and I thought, boy, this just sounds like me not understanding what's going on. And then your description of it. Uh, Jake, this is exactly what I thought was going on, and it affirms that this is completely legitimate, and so I'm ready to fire it up. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, whatever. Yeah, we, we just go in there, and everyone can... Uh, I, and I think there's something to... Uh, and I was taken aback by by Booba's description of worship uh, about not being communal. Your clarification is helpful to me. But, like, I, I think we actually miss out on opportunity. Um, it is a very individualistic thing to say, I, I, I meet God best in by myself. I think that's I think that's true. I think there's a truth in that. I, I think there's an, another side of the coin of of being among his people and being a part of that same thing. Um, and like praying together really is simple. We generally think of as one guy praying and everyone else listens. And like I I think there's a what I'm what I'm finding in worship um, and actually any interaction with God um, is that the more that is primarily intellectual, um, the more I'm missing out. Um, to just th- like God gave us many faculties of which to use, and like um, that's the reason why I'm willing to sing on a train uh, is because like in that moment I I, I don't want to to half give him my mind like 
the things that come into your heart and into your mind, um, there's a disconnect when it's not coming out your mouth. And it doesn't show up. Uh, this is why it shows up in some people's hands and some people's hands below their waist, but still a little tingly. Like, whatever. Like, it's, it's just this, this expression of this thing. And so uh, this, this concept of communal prayer that is still not just centered on one person or some sort of weird round robin, uh, I like this. I like this thought, and it's not something that I've experienced. I mean, just footnote that uh, tingly hands below the waist. Not that was biblical. a weird thing to say. Yeah. What? I mean, um, they threw everybody It's creepy. So, so, so I, I was trying to imply people who don't raise their hand, <laughs> yeah. but otherwise have a jazz You didn't yeah, maybe well. never say hands below the waist tingly. Oh, so, uh, so What's the matter with you fellas? Uh, what's, what's the matter, matter with you, you we're saying? Uh, so, yeah, to make sure that I'm reiterating, that, yeah, I, I believe in the communal nature of worship from the perspective of, like, there's something wonderful to be said to be worshiping our father in a group. I meant more personally rather than the kingdom. Uh, my issue was that I was ascribing worth to the people that I was with when I was worshiping. No, right, yeah, I said right. thank you for the clarification. Oh, okay, all right. I just wanted to, yeah. I said you clarified. Okay, all right. Sorry. You give me tingly hands. <laughs> I love the waist. <laughs> with your stories. It's <laughs> a creepy statement. Hey, listen here. I say a lot of words. I'm bound to say something wrong. <laughs> I know, and we, we're going we're gonna to gravitate towards the wrong, because that was weird. Luckily, yeah. no one listens to the show and can come back Agreed. and tell It's me. just us. <laughs> Isn't there a complaint box or something? Yeah, no one's ever... Hey, written. yeah, that's right on. It'll be filled hey. now. <laughs> Hey, if you want, if, if you're upset about tingly hands below the waist, uh, I question your choice of podcast. Frankly, uh, I feel like the show filters people like you out. But in case that is still you, uh, give us a call on the complaint line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Can you text that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, so text that hashtag tingly hands. Yeah. And uh, you don't hashtag in a text, boo. Yes, you can. You can to us, so we know exactly what you're talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Hashtag tingly hands. Yeah, it'll help. Uh, go ahead and text us and let us know that that is specific specific situation you want to talk about. It'll uh, it'll help me sort through all. What was the, what was the number again? Uh, that's a 515-517-0085 or 515-HATE-JAKE. Uh, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know how it worked out that way, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Sorry. what I anticipate happened. A bunch of text messages be like, oh, Jake was awesome. We should hear from more Jake. I wish we let Jake talk more. I wish you guys had piped down. That's what happens every time we bring Jake in. We get a bunch of complaints on how we ran the whole show and didn't give Jake his room. You know what? I just like to see action on the complaint line. So if that's, if that's what's on your heart, you go ahead. Fire that up. Go ahead and hashtag that hate Jake. Hate Jake. <laughs> hashtag hate yeah. Jake. If I die before I wake, hate Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, just to reiterate, we do love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I hope. Yeah, the complaint line. Yeah, it's, it's, love not, it's the complaint the line that's saying it. It's not us. The complaint it's, line it's, doesn't. It's a complaint line. They're going crazy. Oh, man. All right, so here's the deal. I, I think the Pope style is going to have to wait. Uh, I think we're over. Yeah, I'm we're over yeah, on time. Yeah, uh, that gives time for you to to load up. Uh, Boo's Pope style is likely an antagonism towards me, and so uh, I'm going to tell you a quick, clean joke that I found. <laughs> oh, please don't be, let it be oh, no. from Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped. You chose the Satan jokes. That's I did, not my but fault. Those are terrible. Okay, here we go. These are uh, clean Bible jokes <laughs> from the same guys who do those uh, quizzes that we do. Here we go. A collector, uh, Mike, you otherwise getting ready for a dear life from the past? I'm ready. Okay, right on. A collector of rare books ran into an acquaintance who told him he had just thrown away an old Bible that he found in a dusty old box. He happened to mention that Guten somebody or other had printed it. Not Gutenberg, gasped the collector. Yes, that was it. You idiot! You've thrown away one of the first books ever printed. A copy recently sold at auction for half a million dollars. Oh, I don't think this book would have been worth anything close to that much, replied the man. It was scribbled all over in the margins by some guy named Martin Luther. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, that's the end of the joke? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> 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 that's it. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. You threw away a valuable book. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, 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 o
fish. Uh, okay, I'm, we're going to give another shot. Another Bible joke. A, y- a young boy had just gotten his driving permit. He asked his father, who was a minister, if they could discuss the use of the car. Father took him to his study and said to him, I'll make a deal with you. You bring your grades up, study your Bible a little, and get your hair cut, and we'll talk about it. After about a month, the boy came back and again asked his father if they could discuss use of the car. They again went to the father's study, where his father said, Son, I've been real proud of you. You've brought your grades up, you've studied your Bible diligently, but you you didn't get your hair cut. The young man waited a moment and replied, You know, Dad, I've been thinking about that. You know, Samson had long hair, Moses had long hair, Noah had long hair, and even Jesus had long hair. To which his father replied, Yes, and they walked everywhere. That's a pretty big setup. Squeaky clean, this joke. (laughs) Okay, all right, last one. one. Another one? This joke is told Bible confusion. (laughs) Hold on. You sure? I don't know, this one looks nice. I'm going to read it. The, the, girl, the little girl was sitting with her grandmother, who had presented her with her first children's Bible, an easy-to-read translation when she was very young. Now, a decade or so later, the elderly lady was ready to spend a few sweet moments handing down the big old family Bible in the time-honored King James Version to her only grandchild. Understandably excited, the youngster was asking a number of questions, both about the family members whose births and deaths were recorded therein and about various aspects of the scriptures themselves. Her grandmother was endeavoring to answer all the child's questions in terms she could understand, but the one that stopped her cold was this sincere inquiry. Which virgin was the mother of Jesus? Was it the Virgin Mary or the King James Virgin? That's a terrible joke. That's not even a joke. It's not even jokes, Ben. (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, Christians unite. Clean jokes is not... Is not pumping them out. What's uh, the, is that? Is that what the the website name is? Yeah, yeah. It's it's under jokes.christiansunite.com. Man, we're not giving that guy no more money. I mean, I don't give him anything. Oh man, there's one about a Christian barber. Probably shouldn't read it. Oh, oh no. Hey, okay. Here's a fun game. <laughs> joke about a Christian barber. What do you think the joke is about? Samson. Circumcision. What? Samson. Circumcision. You, did you say Samson? We're yeah. co- okay, we're Samson. so it could be about Samson. I didn't guess circumcision. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> Who said circumcision? Booba. Mike. I'm sorry, what? Mike Booba. said circumcision. Booba said it. So it's about tingly hands below the waist. <laughs> <laughs> that's a 515 It's a clean show, Booba. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Hashtag tingly hands. Um, okay, so the premise of the joke has something to do with the guy talking about this guy, whether he knows God and, or not, and then he's shaving with a straight razor and asks if he's ready to die. I don't get it. As in, he, he needs to figure out if he's okay with dying, if he's going to go to heaven or hell. Before he takes the straight razor to him. Before he sweetie tods him. That's yeah. the joke? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even take an Eglon turn or nothing? No. I hate that joke. No. Dear life from the path, I am a professional, independent female in my early 40s. Oh, you sound fun. Oh, to man, you're setting yourself up here. Yeah, we, We've been doing these yeah, for too long. We're going to be fun. <laughs> I'm, not <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm not sure how to handle a friend I've known for nearly 10 years. She's beautiful with a magnetic personality, but she has a terrible habit of lying and embellishing about things big and small, inconsequential and serious. Much like your opening line. Yeah, what does that yeah. have to do with anything? I am very professional and wonderful. By the way... My friend here, compulsive liar. <laughs> but she's beautiful. But she's a beautiful compulsive liar with a magnetic personality. <laughs> okay, uh, continues. 
There have been times I've been appalled by the enormity of her lies oh. and embarrassed for her when she, someone indicates they're aware that she ha- isn't true. I've gently reminded her more than once that it'll catch up to her and encourage her to be honest. She persists. My problem, a few years ago, when she expressed a desire to, quote, expand her circle, she incorporated some of my closest friends and their friends. Boundaries have been blurred and they need to impress others. Lie, greatly exaggerate, has grown worse. These new friends are drawn to her dynamic personality, yet I can no longer stomach her rampant dishonesty. Will I possibly lose or damage other relationships by ending my friendship with her? Should I label her a liar and watch her react? I don't know if this is fr- if this friendship can be salvaged or if I even want to. From sick to my stomach. What'd you get jealous? Jealous? So your options are walk away from your friend, deal with the social repercussions, gossip and brand this person as a liar, yeah. and hope for the best. Obviously with a thesaurus. I feel like she said five different ways of being dishonest. Yeah, I mean... I don't think here's the deal. If they're a compulsive liar to this extent, I don't think there's any good in just calling them out. I think they know. Yeah. Everybody They knows. either do know and don't care, or they are completely like unable to understand this and there's something psychological going on, in which case you are probably not professional enough uh and skilled enough as a mental health provider to help them understand the compulsive lying nature. I disagree. Of course you disagree. I feel like you call it out, but don't put don't have any feeling towards it. Right? Like Booba says, I went to the circus. I say, Booba, you didn't go to no circus. Anyway, blah, 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 and we move on. Right? Like, you only have to get worked up about it if you want to. So you just say, that's a lie you're saying, and then you move on without having any feelings behind it. Yeah. Or you get just a card, like a fan that you could hold up says, that's a lie. Yeah. Just take it out. Yeah. That's a lie. See if you <laughs> could hire Maury Povich. <laughs> I, deal with the, I deal with the same thing. I started working with this kid like seven months ago. He's not beautiful. Right. Um, I have, yeah. I have Does he have a magnetic years. personality? He does not have a magnetic personality, but I'm pretty sure 80% of what he says is a lie. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I'm just like, I wouldn't say we're, we're acquaintances because we're coworkers, but we're not friends, so I don't really feel like it's necessary to call him out. I'm just like, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. He's sponsored, apparently he's sponsored by Red Bull for skateboarding right. and climbing mountains. Absolutely. Hey. The mountains are rampant here in Iowa. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe our friend here is jealous of the popularity of, of her friend, mm-hmm. and she is highly overrating other people's opinion, the fact that they maybe even would be thinking of her. No one cares if she's friends with this liar. Nobody cares. Right. And she's afraid that people are going to, like, there's going to be some ripple effect if she backs off. Just just back off. That's okay, but don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. But she's telling lies, Dan. They only like her because of her lies. No, nope. they're I mean, being it, suckered in. Yeah, but How does I that think, affect you? Doesn't think, that mean you're friends with a bunch yeah. of suckers? Well, you yeah, pick yeah. bad friends. Great, yeah, leave. But that's what I'm saying. I think that's the hubris of this woman is to think that she's the only person that's caught on to the lies. Yeah, most people. I mean, she's professional. Most people. Here's the thing: if they can't, <laughs> if they can't sniff out and in her early forties, if they can't <laughs> sniff out a liar, then it doesn't matter that it's true, right? Like they don't know the difference anyway. They're easily taken in. And I don't know if they can't pick that one out. I don't know that like you saying so is going to be like, oh well, well then, you must be telling the truth. Yeah, I, I think they just don't know the difference. But Sandra plays professional volleyball. No, she does not. Sandra does not play professional volleyball. That's what I would say. Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's what I say is like I think I, I think to your point, I, I don't know. Don't overinvest in the situation. Yeah. yeah, like if someone lies and you know it's a lie, say hey, I, I don't, uh, I don't. That's not true. Yeah, and then whatever. Then, then the room is aware of it, and either person can defend themselves or whatever. But like, you don't have to get super invested. Like, you are a dirty liar, Sandy. Yeah, like, that's just not necessary. Sandra is best friends with Oprah. 
Sandra is not best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I invented the question mark. No, you yeah. did not. <laughs> Sandra used to be married to Pat Sajak. No, she did not. <laughs> she did not. Well, she was not married to Pat Sajak. Yeah. See? I could do Pat this for Sajak. hours. Pat Sajak. What? What? He, what? Wheel of Fortune. He hosts the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and Vanna yeah. White. Let's, let's, let's talk about how monumental that was in you guys' lives <laughs> versus mine. Yeah, but you're a derelict. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You're yeah, a, that's fine by me, I guess. You're a vagabond and a known derelict. Who's somebody that you know that I don't know? Go. <laughs> don't I, eyebrows I, in here. I don't. I don't I, like, I, it's I, a radio I, program. Name I'm, someone famous to people like you that would not be famous to me. Dave Chang. Pokemon. I don't know Dave Chang. Exactly. Hey, hey do you know the Pokemon? Who Pokemon? Those two? Just the, the, the <laughs> whole thing? All of, all a, of Pokemon's isn't company? That the, isn't Ash that, Ketchum. Isn't that the yellow guy? The Pokemon? Pika, Pikachu. His, his, name, Pikachu. his yeah. name is Pokemon. His name is not Pokemon? No, no Pokemon Pikachu. is Japanese for pocket monster. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. That's 515-517-0085. <laughs> Sorry, that was six when it came out, or I was six when it came out, and it was all my friends did. My apologies. By the way, Dave Chang is a re- is a restaurant owner of the Momofuku chain in New York. I don't know why I didn't know that. That's the, definitely the circle I travel in. People that know crap like that, nerd. I know. I don't see. I don't know people who host game shows, but I know chefs. Pat Sajak been on the air for thirty years, Booba. I don't care. The do longest you, run. Do you, wait, do you know Alex Trebek? I know Alex. Well, Trebek. do you know people who host game shows? Yeah. Do you know Jeff, Steve Jeff, Harvey? You don't know Steve Harvey? <laughs> Man. Here we go. Secular says, <laughs> Booba is a liar. <laughs> you don't have to make any grand announcements regarding this poor woman. Stepping back from a relationship with a compulsive liar should not damage your other friendships. People will soon recognize her for what she is and will likely follow your example. If, if, however, you are asked why you no longer socialize with her, I think you should quietly answer the question truthfully. That it? Is that what we think? Pretty close. Okay. Okay, here we go. Let's go last one. Ready? Dear Live, from the path. My sister is driving me and our other sister nuts. There are five years between the three of us. We're all seniors who live in the same city and have always been close. Wow, it's a gray hair feud. (laughs) This sounds like an episode of Golden. This sounds like an episode of Pat (laughs) Sajak. Here we go. Live from the path, the oldest talks nonstop. It was always a family joke, but it's gotten worse. Now she interrupts people to tell her story. After all, everything is all about her. A cousin we hadn't seen in several years came to town, and we all had dinner. Not once did my sister ask, why are you in town? How are you doing? Your family, etc. She just talked and talked about herself and her family. It's no longer a joke. She's just plain rude. It's getting difficult to be around her. How do we stop her outlandish behavior without hurting her feelings? All listened out in Iowa. Ooh, this one's in our back door, fellas. Can't you can't let it stand? I think it's time for her to buy a vowel. Yeah, <laughs> buy an. Ooh, <laughs> shut up, Ruth. <laughs> okay, she's older. She's interrupting because she can't hear, so she doesn't know the other person's talking. Yeah, and uh, what else she have to do but talk? I mean, this is. Yeah, I we're all seniors who live in the same city. Wow. Hang out less. Yeah. Just be done with it. We've lived I'm, not, our I'm whole, not saying be done. Just hang out less. We've lived our whole life together. Guys. Literally, yeah. If you live in the same city, it doesn't mean you have to spend every day with lunch together. That is not what that means. Hmm. Just hang out less. It'll be a lot less annoying if you're not there every day with her. Hey. Uh, sorry. Oh. Sorry to interrupt. There's a poll out on the Life in the Path Facebook page. 
And it says, Buva has never heard of Pat Sajak of Wheel of Fortune fame, have you? And so far, 100% of people that have responded said, yes, I know Pat So Sajak. one person has responded, and they said yes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that Sweet. Was... I like that percentage way of saying that. That was a good deal. <laughs> I, I 100% of people have said yes. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Wait till... And it was you that replied. <laughs> Don't worry. Even better. Barna will pick this poll up, and we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the poll ends in six days. Go hit that up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Okay. I mean, this one's got kind of a, a dead air balloon. Uh, Booba says the, stop, the people talk all the time. Just stop hanging out with them. As now, much. hold on. Uh, I would like to speak to this, but I was making that poll. Yeah, <laughs> Hit me, give me the gist of it. Basically, <laughs> three old ladies live in the same town. They're all the same. Uh, they're all from the same family, five years apart. One of them, uh, one of them, Booba. <laughs> one of them talks too much, and the, and the other two are sick of it. Okay, they're, they're just sick of it. Don't knock it off. Why'd you say my name? Huh? Why'd you I say? feel like you just voted on the poll to he back did. up your own play. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> check did. those, uh, check those percentages now, man. <laughs> hey, hey, is your dad, <laughs> is your dad a skewed yet? Hey, it's sixty-seven to thirty-three, boo. <laughs> Mike, did you just go on and vote? I don't got time for that. I have friends in high places. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Hey, Kevin Lindgren's in. He knows Pat Sajak. <laughs> it's okay. So it's you and Kevin Lindgren. Kevin. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm going to message Kevin. <laughs> That's uh, great. Hey, here's, here, no one actually cares about this. No, no. These old ladies, I don't know. No, we're, we're not even going to get secular's advice. Nobody cares. She, yeah, she's only upset because she wants to be. Yeah. Yes. You're yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> You're old. You smell like prunes. <laughs> <laughs> advice from a millennial. Stop being so freaking old. Yeah. And wear two layers of socks. We're not turning the thermostat up no more. <laughs> it's on 85. That's ridiculous. That's too much. It's 84 degrees out, and you have 85 on the thermostat. Dolores, you're ridiculous. When the cat farts and you think it smells like a cool breeze, that thermostat's up too high. <laughs> so 515-517-0085. Cat wind, on that cat wind. <laughs> Good night. Hashtag Gladys, Dolores, and Eunice. <laughs> You can't bring Jake here anymore. He brings out people get Randy. <laughs> I don't know what to do. That is a terrible thing to say. I hope you realize that. Mike. That's Randy doesn't mean what you My think God, it yeah, means. Yeah, do we need to go Princess Bride in this situation? Does it, does it mean, I do not think that word means what you think it means. It means riled up. Inconceivable. <laughs> doesn't it mean all crazed up? I mean, kind of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. I used it, right? Nope. 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 Sure didn't. Well. Nope. Not that kind of riled up. <laughs> I feel like I've made a mistake. <laughs> you, <laughs> to go what's the number again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, that's good. Below the pants tingling. <laughs> I'm sponsored by Red Bull. I won't be talking to you like this. <laughs> so, all right, uh, five. Uh, Pat Sajak is monitoring the complaint line. Five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text. I mean, we pick your poison here. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take it in. Oh man, I just didn't. I didn't see that coming. We need to end the show right now, Ben. <laughs> I'm working on it. I didn't have the the computer restarted. I, I don't have my tunes. Mike, you need to sing. <laughs> yeah, where's the standard? <laughs> oh, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, you've been listening to last week from the path. We very much appreciate you hanging out with us on the show. Uh, seriously, feel free to hit up that complaint line. We need, we need to know what's we wrong. We need to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and hook that hey, up. You could also participate in the Facebook poll. 
uh, yeah, hey, lots of cool stuff for you guys to do this week. Go hit up that Facebook poll, and hey, feel free to use that that line, and we'll call it the, you don't have to call it the complaint line, but like, hey, maybe God's doing something in your life, and you want to share it with somebody. Yeah. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. We'd, we'd just love to hear that. Uh, and it, it, it does good things for us, and causes us not to go off on weird tangents, all right? Bubba said something inappropriate, I'm certain, in the last yeah. couple of minutes. I'm appalled. <laughs> something about a guy named Randy. <laughs> Show is an outrage. All right, big thanks. Jake, thanks for coming in, buddy. I appreciate thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Um, safe travels to Ethiopia, and uh, the door's open anytime. Uh, in fact, you can use a complaint line even if you want to. You can dial us up from Ethiopia. <laughs> yeah, by the way, you guys stink in all countries. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. This has been Last Week from the Past.